0: Greetings, Community Solutions listeners, and welcome to episode 36 of our podcast. I am Jack Terman Jr., your host for the podcast, and a faculty member in the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Fairbanks School of Public Health in Indianapolis. On behalf of all the faculty, staff, and students in our department, I want to thank you for listening to our podcast and for sharing it with your family and friends. Also, thanks for all the great work you do to bring health, well-being, and hope to your community. Did you know that women are the fastest growing prison population in the United States? Most of these women are incarcerated because of drug use, likely suffering from a substance use disorder. Most have a mental health disorder, as they suffer high rates of domestic violence and childhood abuse. This makes one wonder, should they be incarcerated? Or should they be treated compassionately for trauma, mental illness, and substance use disorder? What a difference their life might be if we approach them with a latter perspective. When I started exploring this issue, I was shocked to learn that 66% of these women are mothers to a minor child. This is according to the ACLU. An article from the Journal for the American Medical Association revealed that approximately 2,000 children are born to incarcerated women annually. Indiana is only one of 13 states with a nursery unit in its women's prison. It is the largest prison nursery and the only one with an on-site pediatrics clinic in the unit. And it has a staff that cares deeply for these mother-baby pairs. My team got involved with these individuals because we learned of the chaotic experiences that the mother-baby pairs face when they leave the nursery and return to their home community. In their community, they encounter a complex web of services that are challenging to navigate. They often struggle to secure safe and stable housing. They return to domestic violence. They return to poor and dangerous social networks that often landed them in the justice system. And they face a horrible stigma of being an incarcerated mother. We are dedicated to building healthy, hopeful communities for all. This includes mothers transitioning from the justice system to their home community, with their children. Out of this desire, we built Mothers on the Rise. Today, you get the pleasure of hearing from two of my colleagues who work diligently on this initiative. Miss Ashley Major, the initiative administrator, and Miss Nina Porter, the initiative's lead community navigator. Both are doing their second year of AmeriCorps service working on this initiative, both have truly transformed the lives of mother-baby pairs that are served by the initiative. Before we start our conversation, I want to sincerely thank the AmeriCorps program at the Center for Interfaith Cooperation, the Indiana Department of Correction Transitional Healthcare Team for their partnership on this initiative, the Indiana Department of Health and Riley Children's Foundation for their financial support, all the community members and organizations that contribute to this effort, and mostly thanks to all the mothers we serve. They are brave. They have taught us much. They are wonderful women, deserving of honor, dignity, respect, and the chance to flourish in their community. Let's join the conversation. Hey, Hi, Ashley and Nina. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Community Solutions Podcast. It's really great to be hanging out with you all here. Um, But As we get started, um, can you please introduce yourselves to our Community Solutions listeners? Ashley, you wanna go first there?
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to be here. Um, I'm Ashley Major, the Program Administrator for Mothers on the Rise, as well as an AmeriCorps member. And I'm also in my second year of my master's of public health. Thank you.
0: Great, great. Nina.
1: Hi, I'm Nina Porter. I'm an AmeriCorps member. I'm lead
2: navigator um, and part of the team for Mothers on the Rise.
0: And you're also a grassroots commun- grassroots maternal and child health leader, right,
2: Nina? Yes, that was the initiative that brought about the Mothers on the Rise project.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, it's great to have you both here and Um, I'm so grateful to work with you on this project and all the great hard work that you're doing every day. So, Ashley, just to get started, can you please share with our listeners what exactly is the Mothers on the Rise initiative, and what does this initiative do to help mother-baby pairs before and after they transition from prison to their home community?
1: Yeah, so through Mothers on the Rise, we work with mothers who are either pregnant or have young babies who are transitioning from the Indiana Women's Prison Leaf Unit, which is the nursery unit, into their home community. We work to collaborate with corrections, transitional healthcare staff, community and state agencies, and local community women to help the mother and baby pairs successfully navigate their transition. So we recruit, train, and try to connect the community navigator With the woman prior to release. We also have a nurse navigator that checks in with each of the women every week to help manage and make medical appointments and answer any medical related questions they may have about their health or their baby's health. We also get a list of needs while they're at the LEAF unit and we order their basic needs from things like clothing for their them and their baby, hygiene products, diapers, shoes, feeding supplies, cribs, high chairs, things like that, And our main objective, well, the first one is to establish a coordinated system of care for each mother residing in the leaf unit. And then our second is to develop a comprehensive leaf-based and community-based quality of life and community integration curriculum to meet the individual mother's needs, which the community navigator helps implement. And to ensure that the support that the women have the support they need, we connect them with a healthy families agency so that they have a home visiting program. And then also a community partners agency, so that they have case management services to help them access social services within their community.
0: Wow, that's <laughs> <a lot.
1: laughs> yeah. I hope that made sense. I'm happy to clarify anything. <laughs>
0: that keeps you very busy. It's really nice to hear that these moms and their babies really are coming out into. A positive network of people that are there to help them and support them and provide compassion to them. Um, um, I, I just think that's it's really wonderful because it shows that, you, you know, you really honor and dignify and respect all these awesome women and their babies. So that's really great. So Nina, can you share with listeners like why is a program like this so important and? like what is it that mother and baby pairs face when they transition from a prison nursery out into their home community?
2: Right, we, um, it's important for this program to exist because when mom and baby pairs come out, there isn't a current system or a correlated group of resources between them and the prison release um, that exists for a roadmap of care. So what we are hoping to do is to create the navigator as um, a go-between between agency resources and our moms. And it makes it easier to help them if they tell us what they need or what is in their way of their needs. We can help them navigate their own way by using the community partners that we have and by asset mapping the resources that already exists.
0: Right. And that sounds like it's really important because we know from data, don't we, that these women are at much greater risk for health, um, physical health, mental health problems, um, social problems when they come out. So it's, it's, it's just so nice that you really work to connect them to people to help them navigate that terrain and, and help provide a, a, a really positive path for them as they, as they transition out. That's awesome. Um, Ashley, so it, it sounds like you have a really good collaboration with folks in the Department of Correction. And um, clearly that's really important because they're really providing oversight for these mother baby pairs b- before they're released. So, what important roles do your collabor collaborators on the transitional healthcare team at the Indiana Department of Correction play to help you with this initiative?
1: Yeah, so we are so thankful for our transitional healthcare partners as we meet on a regular basis and are really basically in constant contact with them so that we stay up to date on the woman, um, if there's any release date changes and things like that. One really crucial role is that they work with the moms to fill out some paperwork for us. So one form of paperwork is a Mothers on the Rise Needs application, and that really identifies what services she has or what she's received in the past and then what she needs once she's released and so that we can start into to individualize her resources. Another is a shopping list so that we can order her items and have them ready for her before her release. And then lastly, she fills out a short answer questionnaire so that she can express you know, what she believes her strengths are, what her concerns are for transition, things like that, and her needs. And then the transitional healthcare teams, like I said, works with the mom to get those filled out, and then gets those to me so that we can start preparing for her transition.
0: Do you keep in contact with them, you know, regarding the mother baby pairs after they, they've been released from the nursery unit?
1: Yeah. So we meet like formally every other week once, you know, once every other week, and then informally we text and call and things like that as needed. But yeah, we stay up to date on, you know, the women once they're released, you know, how are things going? You know, if we have any questions that they might be able to answer, like regarding paperwork or forms and things like that. Um, And then of course we stay up to date for the women that are still in the LEAF unit. So they're really there along with us through the entire process.
0: It sounds like from your answer here and what Nina talked about previously in her response that the really critical thing that is happening is you're creating this lovely continuum of care and service for these mother-baby pairs because the folks on the transitional healthcare team in the nursery unit are kind of laying the groundwork for this, right, and providing them Um, services and um, nurturing that attachment between the mother and the baby and then as they transition out you're there um, you and Nina and the navigators are there to help continue that and build upon that in community would you say that's like an accurate assessment
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, one of our main goals overall is to make sure that there's not a gap in that, you know, care or service or, um, you know, help regarding resources and support and, you know, social connections and things like that.
0: So can you elaborate a little bit more on what it means to have an individualized coordinated system of care and what successes have you seen by implementing this approach?
1: Yeah, so an individualized system of care is essentially working with the woman while they're in the LEAF unit and continue the great work that the transitional health care staff does. So we want to continue the kinds of, you know, support, services and training that they receive while in the LEAF unit. And then we also want the needs assessment and other paperwork we receive, including the community navigators, really to work together so that we can individualize her needs based off of what she has expressed to us you know, whether it be getting a driver's license, job or mental health support. And then furthermore, Nina uses this information to create an individualized resource packet of relevant and useful resources within her community. And then we've some successes that we've seen is that we've been able to connect the woman with available housing, jobs, you know, healthcare services for their healthcare, and then also their infants healthcare. And then they've been able they've been connected with a range of social services, such as food banks, um, and other maternal and child health organizations.
0: Have you had any successes um, interfacing with the justice system, you know, where, where you've been able to really let individuals within the justice slash legal system know that this program exists and it's there to serve women so that it gives them an opportunity to thrive um, out in community? Has there been any intersections along those lines?
1: Yeah, that's definitely one thing that, um, you know, we've had to face. And one success we've had is that we found out a woman who, you know, applied and wanted to be in Mothers on the Rise, was being released, however, she was being released to a jail. So that she was going to be transported from the Leith unit um, to the jail, which would mean you know, that there's not a nursery and that her and her baby would have to be separated, which is one thing we always you know, want to avoid um, for the sake of bonding and development and things like that. So we were able to connect with an attorney in her area who did it pro bono and took on her case. Um, you know was her defense attorney saying you know this is the services she's going to receive she's going to be connected to x y and z you know they're going to get her basic needs things like that and i was actually able to kind of serve as her um witness and saying you know all that mothers on the rise does to support her and the baby and things like that and um the case she did win the case so she had she that day she um could be transported from jail and then taken you know her mom picked her up and took her home um so that was a huge success that we had because her and the baby weren't separated more than you know a week which you know a week is still too much but it was better than the sentence that she had so yeah we've had great success so far
0: <laughs> that's amazing congratulations yeah. that's a huge win i mean and it's a huge win for this awesome mother and her baby they're together they can stay together, they can continue to grow that bond that was facilitated after she, after she delivered the baby. So bravo for your courage in that. That's really wonderful to hear, and hopefully it'll be inspiring to other members of the justice system.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: This clearly is not easy work, I have a sense, Nina. So can you kind of break down for the listeners in case they're interested in doing something like this in their home community? What are the barriers that you all face as community navigators and people serving these moms and babies? And then what are some of the barriers that the moms are facing once they get out to their community?
2: Um, Some of the barriers that we're facing is um, there isn't a lot of data or research existing around this. There isn't a current system of care. So we are the first, and so we are in a very dynamic, we're ever changing, we're learning as we go. One of the other um, barriers is of course the pandemic. We have had to, like everyone, turn our moms from phone users um, with a local phone network as as of using the internet into Zoom and other other means of communication so we're creating platforms and and those things take time so those are some of the barriers some of the other barriers are addiction um domestic violence Um, i could go on untreated trauma you know there's not a whole lot of motivation with our moms to really want personal and professional development to be able to, to maintain safe and stable housing so we don't really approach it like that i mean we know we know that we're up front with them, and and we're just here to help, and so that's how we're um, getting through these barriers.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's really good, and uh, and it's really important to share with people so that they know this. I have a this is going to sound like a silly question to you, Nina, but it's important to share because I know we've all experienced this on this journey, so. You're correct. There's no data about this kind of program for mothers and babies leaving the justice system, right? Right. So some people might say, well, Nina, but there's programs for men. Why can't you just apply programs to men um, to this population? Can you just expound a little bit on like why you can't really, you, you know, just apply what's done to men to this population?
2: Well, there, I could go on for days on that. However, there's gender-specific treatment and programming that has been proven that there is a difference. And the responsibilities that fall on a woman when she comes home and the amount of dependence that she cares for upon her immediate, immediately upon her release is um, largely different in the percentage that they have for men. Um, Women have never had any of those programs in existence. So the recidivism rate does go down. Programming is working, but that's only for male populations. So it's important that they create gender-specific treatment programming or rehabilitation programming while incarcerated so that it can be around, around the board fair, across the board fair.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. That's so true. And we kind of take it for granted in a silly but, but that we have to like be explicit about that. Um, so share, just real quick, because um, I know you all are being modest. So have any of the women in the program, Nina, been returned to the justice system? Any of the women you served, have any of them been returned?
2: we have had no returns, no recidivism with any of our moms, no separation from any mom and baby pair, as well as we have not um, lost contact with any of our successful moms that have been creating goals and working them out. So we wow. are, we're doing something that is different and it's working.
0: That's awesome. Congratulations. And thank you so much. Um, how Nina alluded to this, Ashley, Uh, But do you have anything else to add? Like, how in the world have you been able to do this during a pandemic? You tried, you launched this during a pandemic. Like, that seems seems like such a huge task.
1: Yeah, so it's definitely been difficult, but we've definitely managed. (laughs) So through COVID, you know, it's, of course, difficult because there's kind of a shutdown of programming within the LEAF unit changes in funding and programming just for the state in general, so just finding programs and things like that is difficult, Um, and then, of course, we've all experienced this increased dependence on technology that we've all kind of been forced into, so one way we've managed is by using Zoom to meet with the women in the unit, so that way, you know, because we weren't allowed to be in the unit physically, we could Zoom in, which, of course, complete shout out to the transitional healthcare team for that. Um, and then before the release date, we've been able to, like I said, Zoom or, you know, sometimes talking the phone is easier at least a few times so that we have kind of built that rapport and things like that, um, which has been crucial to build, you know, a better understanding of their needs. And additionally, we have received a donation of laptops from the Boone County commissioners, which we are so thankful for because that way each POM monop- release um, receives, you know, this computer, webcam because there's so many programs and opportunities that are solely you know available on the internet whether it be job applications you know signing up for services you know educational opportunities things like that so that's definitely one way we've tried to manage <laughs> make it you know somewhat better
0: yeah, i applaud you that's this is such a it's this is just a it's a challenging uh, topic, but so important and that you've taken this on, you all have taken this on during the pandemic is so admirable. So Nina, like you and Ashley have alluded to this term you all call community navigators in the program. And, you know, you, I, I know that you're the lead community navigator for the, at this initiative. So what is exactly is the important role and impact of community navigators in the program? Why are they important in this kind of work? Like, why can't you just have a lot of social workers, for instance, or agency people, you, you know, do it? And, um, and like, where do you all recruit and find these women that serve as community navigators that's a lot of questions i know in one time i'm so sorry about that but, but can you just elaborate on this concept of yeah. community navigators
2: so um part of ashley's um, what she administrates she trains our potential navigators to be grassroots maternal and child health leaders for that county that we're needing a navigator in mm-hmm. so that they have that part up front And then the navigators are closely knitted in with team meetings weekly. Also, um, I go between pretty much the team and the navigators, the moms, and if need be, which is very rare, resources or agency. The moms um, need navigators because there is a stigma in the at-risk zip zip codes that we're transitioning into about agency, Mm -hmm. and so in order to meet our moms where they are and help them through what they're really living and and to use their strength from that, we need to be able to create um, a relationship between agency and our more moms. And we also need to keep um, a camaraderie between each mom that becomes a mother on the rise because it, it it takes a tight knit community and a support system with your peers It creates a positive social interaction, which has proven in the little bit of data we do have to make a difference. The support system, the community, um, the community support, as well as peer-to-peer support. And so the camaraderie for the moms, as well as the correlation and kind of coordination between agency and our moms is important.
0: Awesome. So these navigators, they live in the same community where the mom and baby are living or or, or are going to live, right? So there is a close proximity between them. Yeah.
2: Correct. The navigators are actually not just a nine to five type of relationship. The navigators are at any time the mom feels that she needs to communicate, whether it's text or phone call or um a a social media platform message we um we pride in in that because that's the times that the struggles are real and you know when the lights go on out at the offices is when the moms really need to reach out and so that's what the navigators are 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 really there to do as well as communicate that the needs that they see with ashley to bring about the social workers or the professional parts of this, the professional partners that we need to address whatever our moms and baby peers are dealing with.
0: It's so nice. I mean there that's because we all need someone that we can call anytime. We all need someone that can just be there for us, right? Just to talk to. Sometimes it just takes someone to talk to. And it sounds like these navigators play that nice role of being a non-judgmental, kind, compassionate voice or person to um for these moms um, to communicate with. And that that sounds like it's an important part of, of what you're doing. Um, so um, for both of you, as we bring our podcast to a close, uh, what's your hope for this? Like the program has been going on a little bit more than a year. Um, as you look forward to, the, you know, this. What, what's your hope for the future of Mothers on the Rise? Ashley, we'll start with you.
1: Yeah, so I guess um, my hope is that there's more awareness brought to, you know, not only Mothers on the Rise, but then also just the barriers that these mothers coming out of the justice system face. Um, and that, you know, hopefully we can make some long-term systems change through our coordinated system of care. But ideally, I mean, making it a smooth transition for all people, transitioning into community and not just the mothers in the LEAF unit.
0: Nice, Nina, what's your thoughts and your hopes for the future of this?
2: Well, hopes are that all the mothers on the rise will become our future navigators and grassroots, paternal and child health leaders. And it just strengthen, strengthens the community for the most vulnerable population and that's our moms and babies to have better birth outcomes, to have a better awareness and education so that we can invest in our moms and babies and just a lot of success for our mom and baby pairs that are being released to have a smooth transition and to live a life that they choose to live instead of what they have to live. That's our hope.
0: Ah, that's so nice. Um, so um, I, I know that that um, these things uh, cost money and um, needs resources. So um, I want to uh, uh, just acknowledge um, the Indiana Department of Health uh, for their support of Mothers on the Rise, uh, to Riley Children's Foundation for their support of Mothers on the Rise and to really wonderful private philanthropists who are really committed to um, to um, honoring and dignifying every mother-baby pair in our society who contribute to this. So uh, to both of you, thank you so much for your hard work on this and um, for your courage and bravery on this. And um, and it, it's, it's so exciting and, um, and you're really making a huge impact on our society and on the lives of these mothers and um, on their babies. So thank you so much for all of your work and all that you do. And thank you for joining us on Community Solutions. Take care now.